all the news you need to know. Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. Everybody, to the beautiful butterfly show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. I want to welcome you guys to another awesome, awesome episode that we're having tonight. Brought to you by your radio network. Uh, if you guys are out there, guess what? You can download our app. That's YRN1328, available on iPhone and Android for free. We all love a little free something every now and then, so it is totally free. You can download it on your phone and you can listen to not only the Beautiful Butterfly Show, but all of the awesome uh, programs that we offer over here on your radio network. And today, folks, I'm excited. we got a new guest who's going to be joining us in the building shortly, you guys. We have Arthur, um, a business entrepreneur and just an all-around go-getter. I have uh, watched our guest just maneuver and do great, great things. Uh, through social media and helping other folks. So I'm talking about no others did. Keisha Green, you guys, she's joining us. And we're going to be talking about her book, Crazy, Sexy, and Deadly. So she's going to be joining us this evening, you guys. And she's going to be a part of our awesome platform. And she's going to let you know all about her, her books, and her business as well, you guys. And I'll tell you um, a little about her um, before she joins us here on the line, you guys. Uh, Keisha Green is a published author, virtual assistant, literary consultant, promoter, and book reviewer. She's the owner of Diva Books Incorporated. Its motto is turning literary dreams into published realities. I like that. She has a strong passion for assisting authors in the writing and making their dreams come true. Aside from having a passion for supporting authors, Keisha is a well-established author. She's been writing professionally since she was 21. Her most popular novel is An Even If I Did, which released in 2006, you guys. Keisha Green is also the host of Writer's Life Chat, an online radio show where she interviews aspiring and seasoned authors. In 2016, she was nominated for literary activist, um, and is a recipient of the 2014 and 2016 Literary Excellence Award presented by Black Pearls Magazine, you guys. So I'm excited about having her join us this evening. I'm looking forward to having her on here and chatting with her and all of that good stuff. So we're not going to delay, folks. Uh, we're going to take a little break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to be joined by our special guest right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. You guys, we'll be right back. Check out the creative work of the author, Trent Williams, of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life-changing events. And if that's not enough, Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life's Little Addiction. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, Take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2, and Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his works available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. Brooklyn, New York, born and raised. 
Vivian comes from anything but a happy home. She is sheltered, young, and beautiful with a life that is filled with drama and pain, trusting no one. Vivian makes a habit of covering up her bruises and pretending that all is well. DeMarco is a young police officer who thinks he is living the perfect married life. The unforgiving streets of Queens, New York are about to show him that he couldn't be more wrong. His wife's dirty secrets are exposed and DeMarco is left to decide if he still wants his marriage. Intimidated by Love by Melody S. Available now at all online book retailers. Are you looking for something to read that would take you to another place in time? Well, check out T.M. Brown's five-star rated book, Struggles of the Women Folk. This is the story of Georgie. She is a young black girl growing up in the 1940s in a small rural town in Virginia. It is a time of prejudice and poverty. Life is hard for Georgie, and she dreams of better life. She experiences great loss, betrayal, and heartache. She loses friends and family, as well as the love of her life. And still, she remains strong. Tim Brown's signature writing style is captivating in this emotional and inspiring story that has a gritty dialogue. You will find it difficult to stop reading once you begin. Purchase your copy today on Amazon.com. BarnesandNoble.com or through her website www.authortmbrown.com. Again, that's www.authortmbrown.com. Please show your support for this emerging Queen Sister author. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. Once again, you guys, as I told you guys tonight, uh, we are doing our author spotlight and our business entrepreneur spotlight as well, you guys. And we have uh, Keisha Green in the building, you guys, which she has a new last name. But I'm gonna let her tell her that you let her tell you guys all about that a wonderful, wonderful news and all of that good stuff as well. So as I said, not gonna delay any longer. I'm gonna bring our awesome guest of the evening on here. Keisha, are you there? I am here. Hello. How are you doing? I am good. I am good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as I said, I said Keisha Green, but of course you have a new last name now. Yes, yes, And uh, congratulations because you're a married woman now. Yes, I'm married now. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Yes, my married name, um, I'm Keisha Frazier, but I tell everyone because they're like, you know, I'm looking on Facebook and I be looking like, who is Keisha Frazier? Then I go and look at you, <laughs> Keisha Green. Like, it's me. It's me. I'm sorry. I didn't, like, you know, ease all into that. I just went, bam. It was Keisha Green on just Friday, Keisha Frazier on Saturday. Like, you know, so, but yes, but I explain this to everybody. Here's my pitch, Bianca. Keisha Frazier is the wife. Keisha Green is the yes. brand. So you can call me I Keisha Green. I won't be insulted. I won't be like, I'm married now. Call me Keisha Frazier. None of that. <laughs> it's fine. It's all love. It's all love. <laughs> yes, because I went and I was tagging you. Then at first I was like, wait a minute. I was like, yes, yes. She is Frazier now. And so yes. um, I, I did notice that as well. So definitely congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. And, thank you. Um, a little bit about you earlier in the show. Uh, for me, um, 
uh, of course, uh, my great friend K.L. Belvin, he's like, you got to get yes. on the show. You know, she's great oh, people. Yes. I love him. And I said, you know what, I wonder when this lady sleeps because I thought, you know, people really be working, but you're always grinding, always doing mm-hmm. stuff and, and in the mix. So tell us a little folks out there who may not be familiar with uh, who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, my goodness. Where do I even begin? Keisha Green. Who is Keisha Green? <laughs> Excuse me. Keisha Green, that's my hashtag because I post that. Who is Keisha Green? Um, I am an author, <laughs> a publisher, a literary consultant, a book reviewer, an online radio host, um, literary manager, um, book promoter, a uh, blogger, lover of Ratchet TV, awesome. uh, all of that. I'm just I'm, all of those things under that umbrella of the um, Keisha Green Diva Books. Diva Books being, um, when I first launched Diva Books 10 years ago, yeah. I was like, I want to do it very artistically. And D-I-V-A, do it very artistically. And I'm like, Diva Books. But then when people saw Diva Books and then with the logo, they thought like, oh, she's like this diva. And then I was like, oh, I can be that too. So I said, I'll be the literary diva, Keisha Green. And so that's where it all came from. And then people, when they meet me, they're just like, oh, my God, Keisha Green. And my name is like, they don't even say, hi, Keisha. They say, Keisha Green, like it's one word. Like I branded one word. Keisha Green. It's just Keisha Green. Yes. You don't know Keisha Green? Keisha Green, Keisha Green. Yeah, like, yeah. Keisha Green, like I love literary. Literally, I, I don't sleep. I don't know what that is. Um, I'm always plotting and planning on my next literary come up of sorts. Um, I yeah. love it so much. I love my clients that I work with. I'm blessed that they love me, that they work with me, and they pay, too. I love a paying client. And so it's just, <laughs> Absolutely. It's just wonderful. <laughs> and, like, I'm just full of energy because people, like, you know, they don't know me. So then when they meet me, they're like, oh, my God. Like, yes! Right. I'm like, right. I'm just as excited as they are. And it was, like, one of the right. funniest things. Like, um, this past June, I was at the AANBC Literary Awards, and one of the um, um, people, authors there, Victoria Christopher Murray, um, we were introduced, and she was like, Keisha Green, oh, my God, you look just like your Facebook picture. I said, thank you, <laughs> Jesus. Like, yes. <laughs> I know how some of those people be catfishing mofos yes. on the yes. line. Yes. yes. I mean, yes. that could so be a thing. Yes. Like, I've met a yes. lot of people, you know, offline. Mm-hmm. And so when you meet a man person, they're like, be fine. I'm like, hey, hey. You know, hey. I don't like, <laughs> I've got to take it back a little bit. And when it, because, you know, unfortunately, you know, especially with, I would tell people now, you know, we got a lot of updated stuff. You know, in ways you get take your picture and video, and so you have pe- people who may have a photo from, like, 10 years ago, you know, Word. and so you're used Same. to seeing mm-hmm. that picture, and then when you see a man person, it's like, oh, okay. Exactly, <laughs> like, hello, like, for real, for real, we still don't right. know what Tom from MySpace looks like right now, because that picture has been Tom's picture forever, like, I want to know what this looks like now, show me Tom now, because that picture, for real. But yes, right. I, I do. I, I I look like my profile picture. That's me. No catfish yes. here. Um, you will. You can. You'll recognize me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's me. And so. And I'm always smiling. I'm always. Smiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yes, that's. Awesome. So I wear all of those hats in the literary industry. If you want to write a book, or you have a book, or anything about a book. Talk to me because I can help you in so many different ways, um, and that's what, what I think. Um, like for you, what when was that moment? Because also you are um, an author yourself, um, and so right. for you, when was that moment that you discovered? You know what? I just love writing, and and I want to put books out here so that people are able to read. When did you first discover your passion for for writing? It wasn't even a passion. I like I hate writing. Did I just say that? <laughs> I hate writing. It's like a chore. It is like doing yeah. Laundry. It yeah. is like because like I have to because I'm, like some people can just drop books every week, every right. month, or whatever. When I right. when I do it, it's like it's a chore because I really have to put myself in the mindset. And if I don't have it, I'm not going to force it. So it might take me 
six months, seven months, or whatever to do it. Sometimes I feel compelled wow. and I can knock out something faster. But um, yes, yes. I remember back in um, 1999, I read Omar Tyree's Fly Girl. And I was like, that was my first time reading a book yeah. by a black author. Um, because right. I grew up, my mother was an avid reader, and so I would read her books. So I grew up reading Jackie Carlin, Stephen King, B.C. Andrews, and Mary Higgins Clark. Those were the books that I read as a teenager going into adult. So when I saw Omar Tyree Fly Girl and I read it, I'm like, and this is going to sound ignorant as all get out, but I was like, oh, my God, there's black authors writing black books about black stuff? Get out of here. Like, it blew my mind. And I was like, so then I read that, and then I, then I came across Terry McMillan. I said, word, y'all, this whole genre, urban fiction, y'all, everyone's writing these type of books. So I said to myself, well, I can write a book. Right. So I pulled out a notebook, a one-subject notebook, and I wrote this book, and the title it is politically incorrect, but I'm going to say what I titled the book. It was called, <laughs> look, you laughing already. Look, it was called Nigga Please. That was the book. And I, <laughs> please, like, thank you, Jesus. That, like, oh, my goodness. I got my life, and I ain't published that. Like, like, but, yes, I wrote this one subject, I think it's 70 pages, wrote this story oh about how guys ain't about nothing. They full of crap. <laughs> they just, I, I just made, had all these scenarios. You just went all in. All yes. in. <laughs> I got all in my feelings. And, like, it was emotional. Like, Carl Thomas, like, emotional. And I, but then I said, okay, Keisha, you shouldn't make that your debut novel. Nigga, please, is just not going to go. As a, Now, as a literary consultant, I would tell yes. someone, no, honey, that should not be your book title. Because I tell people all right. the time, when you think of these titles for your book, can you show it to your mother or your grandmother? And can it yes. lay on the coffee table and you be proud? And my mother would have smacked me if I would have presented a book called Nigga, Please. Because, like, she was like, I didn't raise you like that. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I just got a vivid-ass imagination. So I, um, I, I wrote that book. But then I said, okay, let me, let me, let me do something more uh, adult-like or something. just wasn't so bitter. So I um, wrote a book called And Even If I Did. And it was a story about three girls from Jersey that just were – they were they were conniving and they were backstabbing and they were just full of drama. But I wanted to tell this story because we always had this whole thing, you know, friends, a friend that might have did you wrong. So I right, wanted to talk right. about that. Then I also wanted to talk about HIV because one of the characters, mm. her ex comes back to say that I have HIV and I want to tell you about mm. this and you need to go get tested. Wow. So I wanted to talk wow. about that, the importance of right. knowing your partners and getting tested and Absolutely. knowing your status. And then my mom, she had died and I put the book down. I said, I can't do this anymore. But, and so mm. I put the book down for like a year and then something came to me. It's like, you have to put the book out. So, you know, make your mom proud. So what I did right, was right. I started writing about the character. Her mom became sick. And her mom was, her wow. illness was parallel to my mom's wow. sickness. So yeah. it became, it was therapy for me. So I was able yeah. to put all yeah. of my energy and what I was feeling into my character, Simone, and what she was going through. And so the book when people read it, it wasn't just street lit because yeah, it started out about this girl who was in love with a drug dealer and she used to be a stripper, but it was multi-layered because it was a story about a girl who had a dysfunctional relationship with her mother, but then her mom got sick and she had to take care of her. Then you had the HIV element and all of that. So it was so many things wrapped up into one that it was like, oh my goodness. And so everybody, you know, who read it was like, this is a good story. Well, that was mm-hmm. good and all, but how about my silly behind didn't know what an editor was and, and just released the book. See, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. so, I didn't mm-hmm. know. And this is, and I would like to say that authors still make this mistake in 2016. They, they, they write a book, they send it to their friends, their friends say it's the best thing since sliced bread and they upload it onto Amazon and they sell it. And that's a horrible yes. It's a horrible yeah. mistake. And, I didn't and it's know frustrating. It's frustrating it's for readers. You know, yes, because I shouldn't have to, know. Try to <laughs> try. I'm supposed to try to figure out what you meant. 
Why? Right, right. Because literally I, I have read books that make my head hurt, you know, because I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out exactly what this individual is trying to say, how is the story connecting, how are the characters trying to connect. And so a lot of times, you know, and like you said, you, they have somebody who has said, oh, man, this is fantastic. They're like, oh, okay, great. So they've uploaded to Amazon or CreateSpace, wherever they have put it, and put mm-hmm. it out there for people to read, you know. And, you know, I talked about the importance of that because, you know, especially when, you, when you're trying to get out there and you're setting a standard for yourself because a lot of times the downfall can come from the initial books that you put out, you know, where people are like, mm-hmm. you know what, I can't read this book. You know, it's spelling errors all over the place, you know, and nothing's yep. connecting. And so a lot of people will cancel you out, you know, if you don't yep. make sure that you, you know, put something out there great the first time, you know, based off of what they mm-hmm. read. Yep, and that's basically – so when I when I put the book out there, I – I didn't know the importance of that. So yeah, basically what yeah. happened was that, you know, some people, they didn't care about my feelings, and they told me exactly how they felt. Like, it was a good book, but the editing but. was horrible. <laughs> Do I dare tell them? Keisha Green ain't had no editor. Right. Like, they really would roast me. So I was just like, oh, okay. And so I'm trying to find out. I'm asking questions like who, you know, how am I, you know, how do I find an editor? What's an editor? And I had paid someone. And I paid her $250, and I thought she was an editor. She wasn't an editor. She was a proofreader. And then I'm just like, Dad, what am I doing? And then, you know, still not knowing the business, you know, I ended up paying somebody again $500 to do what was supposed to be editing for for people to come back and still complain. And so I said, okay, Keisha, let's stop right now. Get It's like before we go and waste any more money, let's take it back. Let's really research what editing is, yeah. learn something about editing, learn the business. So the next time you release this, you re-release this book, that you know exactly that you're putting the, your best foot forward right. with it. And so forth. Right. So I took a year off to learn the business. And awesome. during that time, I launched a literary website, Literary Jewels, and I just got really engrossed into blogging and um, mm-hmm. giving authors a platform and a voice. And then I got busy with my radio show, Writers Like Chats, and I just got busy with that part of it. But I always missed the author part of it, but I, yeah. was, like, but I was willing because it had left a semi-bad taste in my mouth because of me not mm-hmm. knowing. I had to, like, I just, I needed a break from it. So I had right. to go off and do these other things. And during that time, um, I always said, like, you know, I was married at the time, and I worked nine to five. We had kids, and I would go to work. I would get up in the morning, like 6.30 in the morning, go promote my book really fast, go to work, promote it again at 12 o'clock at lunchtime, get home 6 o'clock, have dinner, put the kids to bed. Now it's 10.30. I'm promoting it again. And I always say, Dag, I wish I had more time to promote my book. So when when I was laid off, Five years ago, I said, "Well, now, honey, you got all the time in the world. Make it happen." All the time you need. <laughs> and I, I learned, I learned the business of so. This is when social media was just like beginning to pop and be popular. Ebooks, all of that. I researched yes. everything, and I said, "I'm going to provide a service that I myself would need to pay for." And that's how I got right. into the promotion side of it. So now. I became the go-to person in a sense because mm-hmm. I know publishing. I know the business. Right. Now somebody can say, well, Keisha, if you know it, why aren't you this New York Times bestseller? I'll tell you why, because <laughs> I'm so busy helping everybody else. Helping everybody else everybody get to that else point. Shine. <laughs> I want to see them shine. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. yeah. And so I want to, to ask you. Because you mentioned something, you mentioned something earlier about um, people giving you that criticism, and um, oftentimes I feel that sometimes you got authors who are open to it, and some of them are like, you know what, you don't know what you're talking about, and they go and create, you know, more and more books. And so, how important is it, though? How important is it, you know, as an author? to give that feedback from people um, when they do read your book, um, you know, and take that constructive criticism and actually apply it versus, you know, just thinking that people, you know, are trying to have something negative to say about your book, 
you know, how important is it to take that in it's and apply very, it? It's very important. I advise all authors, when you finish typing that manuscript and you type the end, the easy part, because now the work comes in. Because after you finish a manuscript, you should have at least two to three beta readers that are going to read that book and all take notes of what they liked and disliked about the book. Before the editing process, just what they liked and disliked, you look those notes over and see if you can make some slight changes that will make the story flow flow a little bit better. Then move on to your proofreader. You should have a proofreader, a pay a proofreader who professionally, they know what they're looking for. Plot execution, character development, is the storyline um, realistic, is it unbelievable? All of these things, um, the components of a good novel. And then while you're waiting for their feedback, you should be looking for an editor, not a proofreader, but an editor, and an editor um, that's going to do the developmental editing as well as the structure editing, the copy editing, because there's levels of right. editing. It's not just spell check and um, buying a Grammarly um, software for you. Like there's, there's levels to it. So you want right. to do that. And um, after it's edited, then again, give it back to your proofreader and another and a beta reader and see, like, does this story flow? How is it? Because we as the author, we're biased to it. So we know how it's supposed to flow. So we're not going to see right. those errors. Right. So, and then right. at that point, when you can, when you can ask your beta reader on a scale of one to 10, what would you give this book? And they're telling you that they're going to give you nine and 10 stars. Then, you know, you're ready to go to the next level. And that's for you to seek out rather you want to go independent and self-publish or do you want to reach out and try to get a literary agent because just because you want your book shopped around doesn't mean the literary agent is going to pick you up because it's work a literary agent is only going to pick you up knowing that they can get a deal because they get money for getting you a deal they're not just going to write because you want to write a book so right. you got to make sure that story is polished because even then if she shops it around and gets it picked up by a major they're still going to go through another series of editing on their end, but at least you have something that doesn't look like garbage where they're like, I can't work with this. So to answer your question, it's very important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I do have some questions that I've received uh, via Facebook. And so what I want to do is I want to take a little break and we're going to come back and uh, Keisha's going to answer the questions you guys have for her. So guys, stay tuned in right here to the beautiful butterfly show. Hey everybody. How y'all doing? This is Lyrics Brown, author of the Law to the Hustle series one and two. Also author of the Devil's Calling Car 1, 2, and 3, all available on Amazon. And when I'm not writing, I'm listening to Bianca Fly here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Y'all be easy. Welcome back, everyone, to the beautiful Butterfly Show brought to you by your radio network, 
Make sure you guys go and check out our app. That's YRN1328, available on iPhone and Android, so that you can listen to all of the awesome hosts that we have over here on the network uh, going Monday through Friday. So make sure you guys check us out, keep up with us, and all of that great stuff. As you guys know or may not know, uh, if you're just tuning in, we are on with author Keisha Green, you guys. She is an author, virtual assistant, literary consultant, promoter, book reviewer, all that and more, you guys. So we are talking with her this evening. If you have any questions or comments for her, feel free to call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number. Um, Or if you're on social media, um, everybody likes to uh, post stuff in the DM and in the inbox. So feel free to hit me up with your questions, Bianca Fly, on Facebook um, or Twitter. You can join us, Butterfly Show. So, uh, of course, uh, Keisha, we do have our first question coming from Kevin out of California. He wants to know, how can you make sure uh, that the publishing company in which you get involved in uh, is actually legit? Um, he says he's been to several publishing companies, and a lot of them weren't necessarily legit, and he's ended up wasting a lot of money and, you know, mm-hmm. all of that. So how do authors go about making sure they get with a legit publishing company? Well, first off, I um, I would suggest research. Research the company. If um, ABC Books publisher wants to they're interested in your, your manuscript, you need to Google mm-hmm. them. You need to check with the Better Business Bureau. You need to check mm. Amazon and see what books that they've published. What are the reviews on those books? What are people saying? If they have a roster of other authors, you need to reach out to those authors and ask those authors, are you happy there? What are the pros? What are the cons? Because there are so many shady people in this literary industry stealing manuscripts and stealing people's dreams every day. If I, I, mean, right. I talk to so many authors who go through this, at least once a week, someone is upset about a contract that they didn't read, that they signed, and now they're stuck with stuck in a five book deal, this, that, and the third. My advice, anybody wanting you to sign on five to 10 books with a publisher, and it's not a major. And when I say major, I'm talking Kensington, um, Simon and Schuster, you know, those people, Dafina, all of those random house, like if it's not a major, then they're just an independent publisher and they can't do anything for you that you can't do yourself. The only difference is they are putting up the money. um, They're funding the money for you. That's the only difference. Right. But if you have the money right. yourself, you can do exactly what that publisher is offering you. Absolutely, absolutely. And Erica out of South Carolina wants to know, let's see here. Okay. She wants to know um, when submitting her book um, to people to read it, um, should she be careful about that? I, and I've heard about this happening, Keisha, where people have submitted mm-hmm. books and people have actually stolen their books and, and put their copyright. name on it, the title on it, Co- and yes. sold it. <laughs> yes, copyright is your friend. Copy. I yeah. can't stress this enough. This is another thing as when I do literary consult, before I even discuss yeah. anything with an author, I ask them, "Is this? did you go and do your copyright? And a lot of them, they don't know. Or they'll tell me, oh, yeah, I've mailed it to myself. Stop doing that. That is not going to work for you. That won't save you. You need to go to www.copyright.gov and pay the $35 to copyright your manuscript. As soon as you type the end, you need to go to that website before you send it to anybody. Copyright your stuff. I should have said that when I was talking about the, you know, the process. But, yes, copyright your material so that you can protect yourself. Because if you just send me your manuscript and I want it and it's not copywritten, guess what? I can do it. Just like what you just said. I'm going right. to I'm gonna change, a, change the ending, change the beginning, change the title, put my name on it, and you won't be the wiser because you're not even going to be checking for it. You're right. not even going to be checking for it. And it's just not, you know, it's, it happens. So many thefts, so many. And because people, and I ask people, well, did you do the copyright? No. Well, who are you fighting? Oh, I'm going to sue them. How? You, you're going to show the judge that you mailed your manuscript <laughs> to yourself? Oh, good luck with that. <laughs> oh, man. That is a 
is, but that is very true, and I've heard of that happening so often about people, uh, you know, just sending their manuscripts for people to read and so forth, and they have just taken their work um, and, and did with it uh, what they want. And one of the things yeah. you mentioned a little while ago, especially about contracts, and let's talk about that as well, you have people who have gotten into these Great, what I call crazy, crazy, absurd contracts. It's almost like the music industry. Yes, it is just people are really getting into these crazy contracts. And so, explain people. I, you know, and I get it. I get that people are excited. You know, you you want a book deal. You want to get your book out there. I get being excited, but I think sometimes people allow the excitement to overtake like the common sense of of the whole business in itself. And so. Explain to people the importance of making sure that their contract is going to benefit them, you know, in in a good way and not put them into a hole. First advice is read it. The first bit of advice would be to read the contract. (laughs) That's the, that's the number one thing. People look at the first, couple of sentences and like yeah 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 and let mm-hmm. me get to the last page and let me sign it and everything else mm-hmm. read it read it and if you don't right. understand the verbiage in it hire someone who does I know plenty of lawyers that do contract review I have a friend who's a lawyer who does contract review if you need some help um, please contact me have them yes it's going to cost you money but it would be best to know that that contract was on the up and up, then you not have it reviewed and you sign it. And now you read the fine print that you owe them 10 books. Plus if it ever gets picked up as a movie, you owe them all the royalties, but you didn't read that in the fine print, but it's there. Read all of it. What they're doing. Is it just, is that contract just for printing? Is, does it include ebook? Does it include audio book? Does it include um, mm. movies, web series, anything screenwriting, any type of adaption from your novel, read it because you see these web series are popping up. They're becoming more and more popular. They're coming from somewhere. There, Some of them are originals, but if you don't have to do the writing and there's a manuscript already there, we can turn this into something. She signed the contract. She won't be mad. She'll just be happy that her story right, is out there. Right, right. And, and, right. But you're not getting a dime from it. So you want to be able to make mm-hmm. money off of it. Books are a business. That's one of my books that I just released this past spring. Books are a business. So you have to educate yourself and you need to read your contract. So I can't stress it enough. If you don't know what to look for, have someone review it. Most lawyers have free consultations, this, that, and a third, or it might be $50, might be 75 but it's worth it in the long run because I'll be damned if I put out a man, if I give somebody a manuscript and they go and turn this into a big film and it turns into something that's big and it makes a lot of money and I'm sitting over there waiting for some royalty money that ain't never going to come. Right. Never coming. Yes, absolutely. That, because absolutely. it said in my contract that, I gave them permission for the movie rights, and I only um, authorized. I'm only signed on for the book rights. Read your contract. Right. Right. And you can't get mad. And another thing, too, a lot of people don't understand when they read a contract, they believe that they're entitled to royalties. Um, And what I see happening a lot, too, is they believe – Okay, royalties come out four times a year, and Mm -hmm. if you didn't, your your the job of the publisher legally, all they have to do is make that book available in print or ebook. That's all they have to do. Audio book, web series, all that extra stuff. That's an added perk. They don't have to do it. All they have to do is make it available. So if I published your book today and put it out there. That's it. I'm not, by law, I'm not responsible to promote it. I don't have to do anything because by that contract, I made it available. I did what I was supposed to do. And I see a lot of authors, they get with a publisher because it's popular, they're trendy or whatever. And then it's like when royalty check time comes around, oh, I only got a check for $25. I know I sold more books than that. Did you read your contract of how much your percentage was? If your book is up there on Amazon for 99 cents. Let me just break this down. If your book is on Amazon for 99 cents, Amazon is only going to give you, the publisher, 35 cents. 35. They're taking the other part. They're giving you 35 cents, so you do the math. If I'm only making 35 cents for one download, how much books do I need to download for me to have at least $500? 
I would have to have a whole lot of downloads. So if I don't have a whole lot of downloads, if I've only sold 10 copies at 99 cents, and I'm only getting 35 cents. I got now 350, but I signed the contract with you that I'm going to give you 10%. What's 10% of $3.50? Right. 35 cents. So now, how right. dare you get up on Amazon and say that I robbed you? I, the math is the math. The numbers are never going to change. That's what they're right. saying. So, unless right. that book is selling that many copies, then no. And let's be clear, don't get fooled into the Amazon bestseller hype either. If Amazon, mm. if Amazon <laughs> was making yeah. money like that, that's when the majors come scouting for you when you're making numbers like that. It is easy yeah. to be an Amazon bestseller. If I put a book out right now and put it in a, in a different category that's not popular and sell five right. copies of right. it, guess what? I'm a bestseller. And do I and I can I can say Keisha Green, Amazon best-selling author. I sold five copies. That's it. So you have don't be fooled by the hype because even if it if it was a bestseller and it sold ten copies, because I did this strategy on Amazon in 2014, I released a a short story for 99 cents and put it out there. It was a short story, 10 pages, 99 cents, and it sold 13 copies. They told me I was number 33 on the Amazon bestseller for urban. Wow. Okay. 13 copies. Wow. Now let's do the math again. I told you 35 cents times 13. Yeah. So is that, is that bestseller status? So don't fall into the hype of Amazon. The numbers is smoke and mirrors. Be more concerned about the New York Times bestseller because the New York Times bestselling authors, that means that 3,500 or more books were purchased from a reporting store. Wow. That means they wow. the barcode that's on the great back, the ISBN. For people to know. Yeah, that's great yeah. information for people to know because people, I mean, like you say, uh, I, which I do, I see oftentimes the people like, I'm Amazon's best-selling author. You know, I'm number 13 or 33 on the list. And, and, and like you said, I think a lot of people, you know, think like that's big time. But like you said, you know, if you're in an unknown category where there's not many people, of course you're going to be, you know, the best-selling author because you're the only one. <laughs> you're the only one there. You're the Absolutely. only one there. So and, that's the thing um, that you want to that you want to do. You want to you know, educate yourself. And these are all the things that I'm talking about here. I do these in my workshops, in my seminars, my consults. Like this is not, and it's not rocket science. This is 10 years of information that I've retained. And it's like people need to know because they have a, a, a false sense of what publishing is. They think that if they have an Amazon account and a book cover and a manuscript, they're good to go. It's bigger and larger than that. Again, books are a business. And so I pride myself on trying to educate you know, aspiring authors, writers in that sense. Absolutely. And um, Deidre out of New Jersey, she wants to know, what is the best way um, to market your book? Is it actually getting out on the street, you know, personally meeting people um, or via social media? Both. Both. You, social media has made a lot of authors lazy because they can just sit behind a screen and just type. Right. But you need to get out right. there on the street and do book signings. I come from an era of paperback and hardcovers that you need to get out yeah. there and meet the author. So what you need to do is before you drop your book, you need to know who your target audience is. If I like romance okay. and you're writing street lit, I don't want to hear about your book. It's no disrespect, but I'm not a fan of urban fiction. So what you're selling to me, I'm not going to be buying. If I like romance, if you wrote romance, then yeah, I want to listen to it all day. So if your audience, like we'll use social media, for example, you got 3,500 friends on social media and about 2,000 of them are authors. Wrong. You're, you're messed up right then and there. Why are you Facebook friends with a bunch of authors? All y'all doing is posting book ads about your book, buy my book, buy my book, you buy their book. No, you need to make friends with readers. There's a bunch of readers. I just came back from Atlanta last week from the National Book Club Conference, and it was nothing but readers from all over the world. It was a three-day conference. They're there. You need to reach out to them. Book club readers, they're there. Stop Stop talking to your author friends about your gripes and problems. You need to talk to readers, so you need to engage them. For example, if your book deals with drama, 
you can use um, social, um, not social media, but um, reality TV, for example. Like, girl, you, I don't know what um, CBJ be doing to those girls, but you know what? My character, um, Sean, yeah. in my book is just like CBJ. He got that he got that magic stick and got the girls going crazy. And what that's going to do is it's going to bring people to your page to engage about what you're talking about. And then you casually mention your book, but you don't just be like, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. And Facebook has it set up right now when all of the people are dropping these Amazon links. They're not even showing them to anyone. So you're just wasting your time anyway. So you need to engage your reader. If I, like, when I post stuff, people say, oh, my God, Keisha, you're always posting, you're always posting, because it's to engage, ask questions. I'm always asking a question or dropping a jewel to engage the people to see what they're into. That's all. It's not rocket science. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I think that, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I feel like a lot of people um, expect for other people to do the work for them. Like, even right. if, if I was to hire you for my services, it doesn't mean that it's vacation time for me. You know what exactly. I'm saying? It means that exactly. You're hustling for me, I'm hustling for myself, you know, so we can make this thing great. But I feel like people invest in other people so they can sit back. And then you find those people, they're, they're frustrated because they're not getting the response that they need, well, maybe people want to see what you're going to do versus, you know, the exactly. other people that you, you have out here. So um, I, I definitely believe that is, is a great, great to. advice. You, you have yeah. to do it. You you can't, like, if you hire me to do promo services for you and you hire me for a week of promo, I'm going to go hard for you for that week. But after that seventh day, then you come back to that, to doing nothing. Then what? Then you mad. Why? You got to keep up the momentum when I was going hard with you. You can't That's just control right. cruise control. That's right. You got to do it, too. You have to continue it and match it. So when you're not doing the, um, I'm not doing the promo for you, you can still keep up with that energy. People have a false um, um, sense of what a promoter is. They're thinking that they're going to give me book sales. No, they're just providing exposure. They're opening their right. audience to your right. product or brand or book. That's all. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think people do go in with that in- oh, mindset that, okay, if I, if I have this promoter, you know, I, oh, I'm going to sell 3,000 books, you know, from there promoting. Mm-hmm. And, and getting out here and sharing people with my thing. But the thing about it is that you have to – nowadays people like to see why they should invest in you. You know, why should mm-hmm. I purchase this book? Why should I buy this album? So people want to see where their investment is going. And so, um, let's see, Ashley wanted to know as far as pricing because she says that she's running into some trouble with pricing where – on uh, Amazon, as we know, as we mentioned a little while ago, you see books on Amazon ranging from ninety nine cents to on mm-hmm. up. And so, how do you decide what you should price your book? Because some people, I mean, which I've I've seen, some people don't even want to pay twenty dollars for a book. Page you know, count, so. page count plays yeah. a price plays a um a big thing in it. Like for example, like I released some short stories on Amazon. Mm-hmm. They were like between five and 25 pages. Those short stories, I sold them all for 99 cents because I believe, yeah, you can buy my short stories for a dollar, but my full-length novels, absolutely not. You're going to pay for my book because books are a business. I'm not giving them away. And a lot of people say, oh, well, if I put it for 99 cents, it's to, you know, then people will be more inclined to buy the book. No, you're, you're pigeonholing yourself into now right. you can't charge nothing but 99 cents because now you're like, well, your last book was a dollar. No, well, and that's not, what yep, they want. Yep. And no reader is going to dictate to me how much my book is when I know how much it costs to produce a book, and it ain't 99 mm-hmm. cents. So you can get a short story for Keisha Green, but full-length novels, no. Like my full-length novel right now is a collection of short stories, Crazy Sexy Deli. I'm selling it for seven ninety nine for the paperback. It's on Kindle for three ninety nine. That type, okay. you know, I have an erotica book that just came out in February. That one is ten dollars. Um, yeah, books are a business. Like you, it, I can't. I I couldn't go up to um, Terry McMillan or Omar Tyree and say I only want to give you a dollar for the book. They look at me like I'm right. crazy. I was with, right. I was I'm talking to Omar Tyree last when I was out there in Atlanta. Like I can't tell him, oh, I'm only going to pay ninety nine cents for this. He'll look at me like right. I have antennas on my head. So how dare 
because you're a new author, you have to believe in yourself. And I'm not saying Absolutely. put it up there for $19.99, but price your book reasonably. Your page count, go and see, okay? So if it's anything but underneath, like, you know, 200 words, I mean, 200 pages, like 150, right. yes. Yeah, Stick somewhere between like the seven to ten dollars. Anything over that, you can go into ten, fifteen. But also too, right. then when you've been in the industry long enough and you have multiple books that are selling and people know you and you have a fan base, yeah, mm-hmm. you can drop a book um, for fifteen dollars and that's what it is. I have a client that I've been working with for three years now, and his books every time they drop, they're fifteen dollars. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. But he's been in this industry for fifteen years. He has the wow. fan base to back it up. Yeah, so that is awesome. And, of course, you did mention your book, Crazy, Sexy, and Deadly. Tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about this juicy, juicy uh, book that you just released recently. Crazy, Sexy, Deadly. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Crazy, Sexy, Deadly is a collection of all of my short stories. It's a, it's a little bit of crazy. There's, a, um, there's erotica, and there's some deadly in there because some of those chicks, just, they're cuckoo for Cocoa Puff. You know, I took a little bit of that, a little bit of that, that bitter girl from Nigga Please and brought her back to the deadly part of this and just repackaged That title it is hilarious. Yes, so I had to repackage it because I still wanted to get that Nigga Please out, but I couldn't release it, so I put that in Crazy Sexy Deadly. And see how that sounds better? Crazy, sexy, and deadly, and that's my pitch. So and much. that's my pitch. Yeah, that's my pitch. When I meet people at book signings, I say, "Crazy, sexy, deadly." I say, "Which one are you?" And everybody be like, "Well, depends. Depends who you ask." And then I always, and the older <laughs> women say to me, "I'm sexy." I said, "I know that's right." Like, wait, whatever. Which? What are you? Crazy, sexy, or deadly? We got a little bit of all of us. But let me just let it be known: I ain't going to jail for no man. No, no. <laughs> Orange might be the new black, but I don't look good in that. So it ain't happening. <laughs> oh my goodness, amazing! So what what's in store for you next? I know one one of the things that I do love that you do is that you have um, and I don't want to mess up the proper name for it, but you do a chat um with authors through Twitter. Oh, Twitter chat. Yes, I do Twitter yes. chat over Explain there. Explain to the um, folks um, about that. I think that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, Twitter people awesome, are awesome. scared of Twitter sometimes. So what I did is um, <laughs> when I um, I used to do, um, I still do it. I do Saturday book biz, and it's on Twitter where I, you know, you can ask me questions or whoever yeah. is going to be my, my co-host over there, and we tweet them back, and it's like an interactive way to, you know, engage people. I'm, yeah. I'm gearing yeah. up right now for Black. Um, excuse me, Black Blogger Excellence, which will be taking as a two-day event that will be taking place on Twitter, which is for all the bloggers of color to come together and network and interact with people. That's going to be happening the um, the end of September. But I just participated with um, Tamika Newhouse and Lit-ish with the Twitter conference where authors got to interact. So Twitter, like, People are, you know, they're scared or overwhelmed, but Twitter is the best way to get out there and engage because Twitter moves so fast. Uh, and that, but yes. it's so, I, I meet so many people on Twitter and I, you know, I made some good connects with it. And it's more, I find it to be more effective than Facebook. If out of all of the social networks, Twitter and okay. Instagram are like a, my two of my favorites and Pinterest as well too. So, you know, it's just another form or a service that I provide with authors um, to get them where I do these Twitter chats. And I talk to authors, like, for an hour, we, I tweet them questions, and they answer them. And for those who are not savvy with Twitter, it gives them a chance to really interact and enjoy it. So it's a win-win. So definitely, I, I enjoy it. I love it. And it's just, you know, we're, we're, we're in a social media age, so why not? Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And so what is in store next for you? What what, what upcoming projects and works uh, does Keisha have in store next? Next, right now, I'm on the finishing stages of a short story called Insatiable that I will be, an erotica short that will be coming out in September. Nice. Um And like I mentioned, the Black Blogger Excellence, that will be taking place in September, as well as um, books and cocktails during New York Fashion Week that will be taking place um, September 9th in New York. Um, that's an event for bloggers, 
fashion people, authors to mix and mingle with um, some celebs and so forth and so on. So I'll be doing that, um, the literary experience. We'll be doing that in September. So that's, September is, like, really busy for me with that. And then I'll be gearing up to, for October to go back into Saturday Book Biz and doing some workshops. And I'm thinking now, like, because people, they want to know. So if they can't attend the workshops because of distance, I'm going to do some webinars. So this will be something where they can, you know, they can call in and we can chat and we can, you know, do some one-on-one or it can be a group setting, but definitely because it's, Books are a business, and there's so many people. If I had a dollar for every person who told me they wanted to write a book, I'd be a millionaire. So I need to talk to all of those people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely love it. And, uh, man, it has been so much fun having you on yes. the show this evening. I definitely enjoyed your energy yes. and all Thank uh, you. of the great things that you definitely bring. And so I'm excited. I'm, I love to see yes. women on the go doing great things. Most importantly, I love seeing people support people um, and go hard for people, and you definitely do that. Um, and I love seeing that on a daily basis. And so for the folks out here, um, tell them how Thank they can go you. about getting in contact with you. They might want those awesome services that you provide. Tell them how they can reach out and connect with you. Yes, I'm on, on social media, everywhere on social media at Keisha Green. You can contact me. Um, my website, myliterarydewels.com, you can reach me there. Um, I'm, yeah, social media is the best place to find me. Um, I'm always, I'm posting something. Just hit me up, come talk to me in my inbox, or, you know, shoot me an email, keishagreen at gmail.com. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm always online somewhere, somewhere doing something talking about books. <laughs> that is absolutely awesome. Well, I definitely hope that you will come back again and hang out absolutely. with me again over here. Yes, please, please <laughs> invite me. I will come back. This was so much. It was great to be on the other side of the table because I'm usually doing the one interview. So this was awesome. <laughs> right. I got to talk, and I'm a talker. Oh, my God. Thank you, Bianca. Please have me come back. Please. I definitely will. Definitely will. And you enjoy the rest of your evening. I'll be talking with you again soon. Yes, you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right, you guys. That was Arthur Keisha Green. Make sure you go pick up her latest book entitled Crazy, Sexy, and Deadly. And uh, make sure you connect with her on social media, as she says. She's Keisha Green just about everywhere. Um, so make sure you guys go and check her out in Divas Books Incorporated. Um, get those. If you need that virtual assistant, that promoter, that book reviewer, uh, Keisha gave out some great tips tonight for authors uh, pertaining to the importance of reading over your contracts, selecting great publishers, um, all of those great things, and taking in the constructive criticism that you receive from your readers and more. So I'm telling you guys, she definitely dropped some great jewels tonight over here. So with that said, folks, I want to thank you guys so much for joining us um, this evening, you guys. Make sure you come and hang out with me again on Thursday. We got Yasmin Brown coming on, and she is um, a business entrepreneur. She's doing our business entrepreneur spotlight, and we're talking about her um, – business entitled boss and so i'm excited about having her on here and if you're wondering boss stands for beauties on successful strides so yasmin brown is going to be joining us she is an author but she is also a business entrepreneur so she's going to be joining us here thursday at 6 30 p.m eastern standard time right here on the beautiful butterfly show brought to you by your radio network once again i want to encourage you guys go download our app you can even put it on your desktop so you can jam some music while you're working or listen to uh, shows as well. That's YRN 1328, available on iPhone and Android. And if you want to be a guest um, or you want to share your thoughts and comments of our broadcast, feel free to email me at show at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you, love to have you on the show. So we're going to get ready to get out of here, folks. You guys have a wonderful evening, and I'll see you on Thursday. <laughs>